Welcome to Fast Fiction. The Counting Game Prologue. It was almost a full house. Andrew calculated that the repertory theatre could seat two hundred people in ten rows of twenty, curved around a small stage. He estimated there were a hundred and eighty people in the audience, of which about eighty percent were women, and half of those looked postmenopausal. None of this was important, but it kept Andrew's mind busy and off his problem. His problem was his wife Helen, who was one of the postmenopausal fifty percent. It was not so much Helen herself that was keeping Andrew's mind active, but rather how to get rid of her, as in permanently. Having gradually become aware of the fleetingness of life. And his own mortality, Andrew felt desperately in need of change. The challenge was trying to keep Helen's financial resources without Helen. He had wrestled with this dilemma for over a month now, reading detective novels and making lists of potential murder weapons. It had given him many headaches, which was when he invented his diversions. He looked around for something else to count. Andrew, Andrew, you're daydreaming again. He was just at the point of deciding there were a hundred and forty black and white linoleum squares on the floor when Helen's voice interrupted his final calculations. Move, Andrew! Move! You're holding us all up. Looking about him, he saw that the play had finished and that the audience was diminishing rapidly. He moved out of the row and patiently waited for his wife. Shall we go over to the Rose and Crown for a drink? Helen had directed her question to June and Frank Milton, long-time friends and neighbours. That's a good idea, June murmured. It's so hot in here. I'll be glad of a cool drink. The two couples made their way over the road to a new trendy tavern, where they were able to find tables and chairs in the charming garden bar out back. According to ritual, the two men went to the bar for drinks. And while waiting, exchange customary small talk. So, old man, how's it going with you two? Frank asked, showing little interest. Fine, fine. Can't complain. A response with equal apathy. And how about you? Ah,、oh, fine, fine. Frank's retort was automatic as he picked up a glass of wine in one hand and beer in the other. He took a hearty gulp before setting off towards the women. Which was almost immediately followed by a loud belch.、Uh, he shook his head. Who am I kidding? He muttered. Went to the doctor, eh? Found out my gut is falling to pieces. It's not falling to pieces, said his wife, taking the wine with a smile. You have simply got diverticulitis, which is quite common with men of your age, and you need to watch what you eat. No red meat, like steak, for instance, or nuts. She said, moving a complimentary bowl from the table as she saw Frank eyeing it. Diverticulitis, she said, by way of explanation to Helen. He's quite the hypochondriac, yet he won't follow the doctor's advice. Oh, Andrew is much the same, said Helen dismissively, and both women rolled their eyes as they commented together, men, as if they shared a common problem. The two couples chatted companionably about trivia, and Andrew found his attention beginning to waver. Almost in desperation, he sought out counting the customers, 
when he became aware of discussion turning towards the play. Couldn't make out much of it at all, Frank grumbled, before quenching his thirst with a long gulp of light ale. And what's more, I couldn't hear half of it. That's because you're getting deaf, Frank. His wife gave him a stern look in reprimand of any further criticism. What did you think, Andrew? Hearing his name, Andrew took the easy way out. Much the same as Frank. I couldn't understand the plot either. He was prepared for Helen's disapproval and was gratified to find that she too could find little commendation in the performance they had just witnessed. Well, I thought the acting was quite good. But when he finally killed her by bringing the snake in, I thought it a bit over the top. Andrew had noted this scene with interest and found himself mentally putting it into his small list of wife murder potential possibilities. But he quickly joined the trio when they all nodded in unison. (laughs) What about the early part when the wife tried to kill the girlfriend with rat poison? Juice spoke with mirth. (laughs) That's a bit old hat, isn't it? Andrew had purchased a small quantity of rat poison that morning and looked up with interest. Well, come on, it would be the first thing the police would consider and they can trace that sort of thing easily these days. June shook her head in disbelief that anyone would be so naive. Andrew, who was naive and very new at wife-killing, had not known that rat poison could be identified easily. However, he thought it may be a good idea to simply save the poison for the unlikely occurrence of rats and made a mental note of going to the library next day to do some more solid research. What do you think about the premise that the wife had a heart problem? Realising that the men were offering little in discussion, June directed the question to Helen. Her friend nodded thoughtfully. Well, actually, I think that has some validity. I mean... Most people of our age have got dicky hearts. I know the doc told me at my last visit I should be careful of any sudden activities. June looked at her with alarm. There's nothing really wrong with you, is there, Helen? Helen shook her head. No, dear, not in the way of everyday living. But he told me if I had a sudden shock, I could do some damage. Bad damage. Especially if something nasty was put into the bed, like in the play. The last would added with a theatrical shudder. Oh, oh. Ah, oh, well, that's not likely to happen. I don't suppose Andrew would know where to get a snake from anyway, would you, dear? Andrew nodded distractedly. He wasn't really listening. He had found himself counting the pot plants. There really were an enormous number of pot plants around the garden bar. God, it wouldn't have to be a snake to give me heart failure, added Helen with a grimace. Oh, no, even a mouse in the bed would have me completely hysterical. Well, Andrew, you'll have to make sure that there aren't any mice running loose in the house either, said June conversationally. But Andrew wasn't listening. He had begun to count the bricks along the side wall and was constantly losing his place. He's not listening to you, June, I'm afraid, said Helen with exasperation. Honestly, he can't concentrate on anything. I'm sure he'll be the death of me one day. You have been listening to The Counting Game Prologue, written and read by Brenda Cross, performed by Brenda Cross, John Cross, Rowena Marshall, and Jared Turner. 
While we hope you have enjoyed our first production for 2020, we also hope you listen in tomorrow for The Counting Game Epilogue. Thank you. Thank you.